The Courage to Lead, Episode 80. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. Um, I'm having a great week, and I am excited to introduce you to my guest. Please help me welcome Trenton Hudson. Trenton Hudson is a cartoonist, an entrepreneur, and a comedian. Best known for making cartoons alongside his brothers, he has worked with the likes of Comedy Central, Showtime, and LOL Network, among others. Uh, more recently, Trenton founded Korma, a coffee company that uses roasted date seeds to make their coffee. And it's quite a story how it all got started. Trenton, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, Harlan. Happy to no, be here. Absolutely. No, this is great. And I, the minute I read your, your uh, profile and stuff, you mentioned coffee. I am a coffee mm-hmm. fanatic. I am a caffeine fanatic. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so when you said I've developed this, uh, this coffee using date seeds, that I, w- I was intrigued. So I definitely want to learn more about that, how you got started with that and, and all the comedy, of course, we're going to touch on mm-hmm. all the comedy background and everything like that. Um, but before we get started, I've got some questions. These are questions that I ask every one of my guests, uh, questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood TV movie stage stars. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So if you're ready, I have 10 questions for you, sir. Let's do it. All right. Question number one. What is your favorite word? Uh, Purpose. Purpose. What is your least favorite word? Uh, Excuse. Excuses. (laughs) Good job. Uh, What turns you on? Uh, Progress. Nice. What turns you off? Laziness. What sound or noise do you love? Uh, cars, even though we're moving towards electric, that's okay. But I still, you know, like, like, like the sound of an engine. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what sound or noise do you hate? Uh, honestly, in anything that's like loud and sudden, it kind of triggers my norepinephrine, my, my stress hormones to get going. And it just kind of, yeah, the, yeah. anything loud and sudden out of nowhere that catches me off guard. Absolutely. Um, Question seven, what is your favorite curse word? Ooh, I'm a comedian. I like all of them, actually. <laughs> no one particular? No one. I love them all. Them all. all right. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, I think it, the coolest thing in the world would be to be an astrophysicist and try to figure out how, how the universe works and explore the depths of that I, I, that would that would be it for me that's awesome yeah that's one thing i binge watch on on youtube same. and all this stuff yeah <laughs> same perfect um what profession would you not like to do uh most how much time we got <laughs> pick one <laughs> uh i don't know i i, th- I think uh, uh, accounting in any honestly in anything where i'm stuck at a desk most of the day i i have I'm, I've never been diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I have ADD. I can't just sit and be at a cubicle all, all day long. Anything that requires that, I'm out. Absolutely. Good job. All right. And finally, uh, 10, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well done. Well done. Good job. All right. We're going to come back and talk about your comedy career, how you got started in that. Uh, talk about Korma your coffee. I definitely want to hear about the coffee and uh, what else you got going on. All right. So we will be back uh, right after this message. So listeners stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And we are back with my guest, Trenton Hudson. Trenton, thanks again for 
agreeing to be a, a guest on the podcast. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, no problem at all. And you're coming to us from Los Angeles. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Good job, LA. I grew up out in LA. I grew up in the Valley. I was a Valley kid. <laughs> nice. That, that's yeah. where I'm at now. At now, I live in North Hollywood. Perfect. Yep. North Hollywood, Sun Valley. Mm-hmm. I forget what they call it now. I think they changed the name. They, they're always changing names of places out there. So, but yeah, I, I can't even keep up with it. I've been here five and a half years and I don't know. Sometimes I tell people I live in the Valley and some people know what that is. And some people are like, Oh, is that like way up there? Like by Santa Cruz? I'm like, not that far. Yeah. Yeah. Not that far up. Exactly. Um, so how did you get started in, uh, in comedy and cartooning? <clears throat> uh, comedy and cartoons is something I always had a draw to. Um, I'm, I'm one of five boys. I'm the middle child. We have no girls in the family and we're all super close in age. There's only, seven years from oldest to youngest. So, you know, growing up in that kind of environment, it's a lot of smack talk and a lot of making fun of each other, a lot of cracking jokes at everyone's expense. And that just kind of, you know, always, always pulled us to it. My brothers and I, you know, we always kind of joked about like making cartoons whenever we were growing up or making shows or we should have our own reality show or whatever it is. And then, you know, we got a little older and um, I was working as a financial advisor at the time whenever kind of we made the decision to do this. And, you know, I was kind of in a place where, you know, I, I worked for a great company. I had a lot of great people around me, um, but I did not like the work that I was doing at all. It wasn't for me. Um, so I literally just called my brother one day, called one of my brothers and said, hey, you want to make cartoons? This is what I want to pursue, what I'm going to do. And it just kind of went from there. We, we um, figured out what software we needed to use. We kind of put a plan in place and followed it. And that's, it literally just was, we wanted to do it and we did. So we jumped in and the way we really kind of jumped in was, it's kind of a funny story and everything like really happened really fast for us. Cause everything was like, we, we put a ton of work into this. Um, so it's, a, it's, it's luck plus hard work kind of how we really got our foot in the door. So, you know, we, we decided we wanted to make cartoons. So we said, okay, how, how do we do this? We need these computers to do it. We need this computer software to do it. We can teach ourselves animation. So got a Best Buy credit card, maxed it out, (laughs) bought bought some computers that were touchscreen that we could draw on with a stylus to animate and do all that. Um, Couldn't afford the computer software that we needed. We we stole it from the internet, (laughs) Um, started making cartoons on YouTube, started you know, putting a ton of energy into it, ton of effort over, over a, a six month span. We, we did two seasons of this show and, and this was after a year and a half of learning animations. So it was like, wow. we decided to do this. We took a year and a half to just learn and didn't put out any kind of content, you know, nothing. It was just a whole learning curve, learning how to animate, learning how to write, hmm. um, learning how to draw cartoons correctly, all that. And then we started, you know, putting stuff on YouTube and we were doing two episodes a week every week for about wow. six months and we we got on the radar of comedy central in that time and you know so comedy central we <clears throat> started building this relationship with them and they were they would tell us you know hey let us know every time an episode comes out we love what you guys are doing and six months after we put out our first episode we had a meeting with comedy central in their offices in uh, los angeles Two months after that, we had to deal with them. Nice. And, you know, that was, a, a, it sounds like easy, but it's not. Like the, the six sure. months of putting out episodes twice a week, every week, animation is really time consuming. We were putting out episodes every Monday and Thursday, wow. put out Monday's episode, promote it, do all of our social media blasts, talk to people about it. And then, you know, break from that, start working on Thursday's episode. Wow. Not hardly sleep at all. Like there was a, like that whole six months, I barely slept. Yeah. Um, and now I mean, do you guys... Do you guys divvy up the the work? Like, is one of you the writer? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's pretty collective. We we all write. Um, myself and two of my brothers animate. And but whenever we were doing the stuff on YouTube, only two of us were animating. And it was literally, you know, so so we're all writing, we're all doing voices. Mm-hmm. Um, but the animation process is the really time consuming process. So, yeah. you know, there were a lot of days where, you know, we have to meet a deadline. It's 3 a.m. Can't really stay up anymore. So I tell my brother, hey, I'm going to take a nap. You stay up and work on this. When you need to go to sleep, wake me up. I'll finish it. So I take like a two-hour nap, get back to it. You know, there were lots of nights where 
I fell asleep at my desk working till four or five a.m. Fall asleep at my desk, wake up an hour or two later, and get back to work. <laughs> like yeah. that—that's what it was, and that's what it took, and that's how we, you know, got to deal with Comedy Central in you know six seven months. It, it was a, a ton of work, and and you know I say six seven months, but it was really two years it took to to make that happen. O- over two years. Oh yeah. Um, you always hear these stories of the overnight success. <clears throat> Right. Right. Because they come on the scene and you think, wow, look at this person that just popped on the scene and they're superstars. They've been working for 20 years or something to try to get to that point. Yeah. 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 Kevin Hart's an example I always use. Like Kevin Hart is a super comedy rock star, right? Mm -hmm. It took this man and these are his words, not mine. It took him 20 years to be an overnight success. And um, so, yeah, it, it was a ton of work, but it was I mean, it was worth it because not only did we get to work with Comedy Central and get, you know, a little, a little recognition in the industry and get a little, you know, um, like kind of clout to our name. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the best thing about it was how much better we got as comedians, as cartoonists, as writers, mm-hmm. you know, we, we worked with them for two years. We did two seasons of this show and that was basically the equivalent of going to school for four years for this, yeah. except we didn't have to pay a couple hundred grand for it. We got paid to do it. Nice. And that money allowed us to buy legit computer software instead of yeah. using the, the bootleg stuff we were using for YouTube. And so, so are you still producing that cartoon? Um, that cartoon is no longer being produced as shorts on the internet. It is, okay. is now actually being shopped as a full length TV show. We have a couple uh, pitch meetings coming up in the next month with a couple different um, streaming services and networks. So nice. it, it may, it's probably actually going to see a comeback, I would say. Very cool. And what other projects you have going on? We have, so my brothers and I, that's, that's what we do. We do cartoons and like, I have the coffee company, but this is the coffee company is, I love doing that, but my first love is always going to be cartoons and comedy. So we actually have a whole catalog of shows that we're working on right now. We, we have some great talent attached to, you know, a few projects. We have a project with um, the original producer of South Park agreed to be the executive producer on our show, which was like, wow the coolest thing in the world to us because you know south park is our favorite show ever like that's a huge influence in our comedy and you know why we do what we do with the cartoons and everything and so to you know get his stamp of approval and you know say yeah i want to actually you know be your ep on this that was like a a a dream come true that it was a dream we didn't even know we had whenever whenever we got into this you know um we have a project with um adam ray attached to it he's he does uh, a voice of one of our main characters for like a super funny show we have working right now. Um, and if you don't know who Adam Ray is, he's a comedian. He's also acts. He plays Vince McMahon on Young Rock on ABC. Okay. Um, David Ketchner is attached to it, which I love David Ketchner. He's um, he plays Champ Kind in the Anchorman movies. The guy with the cowboy hat that says Whammy. He's also Todd Packer in The Office, which is my favorite character that he plays. Super mm-hmm. funny in that role. Um, and then we have another person who actually has like a bigger name than both of those two probably, but she like she wants to do it, but she hasn't fully committed yet because she has a stand-up tour coming up. So, but yeah, we, and we have, you know, a handful of other projects too, but those are the two that, or actually there's another one that we have with um, a couple of former NBA players that we're pitching. And it's kind of like, if, if life after basketball for them was they had to start all over because they lost all their money to, you know, various things that athletes lose their money on what would life look like for them starting over and having to get back into that lifestyle and, you know, keep up with their friends and do all this and that. And um, it's a super funny show. Uh, the the two former NBA players we have are super cool, excellent to work with. Um, so yeah, th- those are some of the projects that are, you know, more, more at our, the forefront of our, you know, kind of a uh, catalog right now that are getting, getting some traction. Very cool. Now you did not grow up in Southern California, right? Correct. I, I grew up in uh, Missouri. I grew up about an hour and a half west of St. Louis in a small town in the middle of nowhere called Wellsville. Nice. Like tiny, 1,200 people. My graduating class was 37. Wow. So, and now it's like 1,200 people live on my block. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so you started doing this there and then what, all decided to move out to LA? No, or you so, so the, the story was more like, so I, I actually ended up going to college for journalism. Um, I went to the University of Missouri after I graduated, I moved to San Diego okay. and I, I knew I didn't want to work in journalism, but I wanted, 
I, I was, you know, kind of one of those people who like, I realized it whenever I was pretty much done with school and was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and graduate. I'll fall into something that I like. It'll be fine. Yeah. And it was, and you know, that's, you know, I moved to San Diego. I started working as a financial advisor, but you know, it, it was fine, but it wasn't cause I didn't like what I was doing. Um, so that was whenever I was like, okay, <clears throat> I need a career change. I, I need to, you know, figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life. It needs to be something that can be lucrative and also something that I love. Um, so yeah, that was whenever I called my brother and he was living in Columbia, Missouri at the time, uh, which is like right in the center of the state for those who don't know. And so I called him and, you know, just, you want to make cartoons and, you know, kind of what I was saying earlier, that's how it all got started. So I, I moved back to Missouri after that. So I moved from San Diego to Missouri. I was trying to convince all my brothers to move to LA immediately, but they didn't really want to do it. So they, they, they weren't sold on it. It wasn't that they didn't want to do it. They weren't sold on it. So I'm like, okay, I'll take, you know, a couple of years. I'll move back to Missouri. I moved to St. Louis and uh, yeah, so that, that was, you know, where we started. So my first, year and a half in Missouri was that learning how to animate this and that, you know? Um, and then for the next half a year, we started doing all these shows on YouTube. And a little bit after that, I was back out to California. So I, I was back in St. Louis for a little less than two years. And yeah, every, that was all part of the plan. They'll go to St. Louis, put this cartoon together, get my brothers on board, make sure everything is like in line, get a plan together and then come back to LA. And that was what we did. So yeah, we moved to LA in um, beginning of 2016, like May 2016, and yeah, I've been here ever since, and I love nice. it. Nice. So you're all out there now. That's cool. Now, uh, family business. This is kind of an unusual type family business. Did you guys mm -hmm. set up contracts so you know who's doing what, or are you just kind of playing it by ear? How's that working? We just all own the company equally. It's kind of like, I mean, me and my brothers, we're all super, super tight, so no one is like no one's the boss because you can't really tell anybody what to do. <laughs> like, you just can't like, um, you know, being a family business, it, it's, it's great though, because me and my brothers, like I said, we're best friends. So, you know, we have a trust amongst each other, you know, no one's going to like screw anyone out or that's not how we operate. You know, I, I think we would probably just close up the whole shop before that ever happened. So, you know, it, it, what, what we do works for us and it's not, you know, we've never had any kind of issue. So, and this is, you know, we started our company in, 2015, I think. Yeah. 2015, August, 2015 with, and we're in 2021 now yeah. with no, no issues, no riffs. So. Awesome. And you're doing stand-up comedy too? I do do stand-up comedy. That's something nice. that I started doing whenever I was in San Diego. And then I kind of put it on like a little bit of a hold to really focus on the cartoons. And then, you know, the cartoons started doing really well. And, you know, late 2019, I got back into stand-up comedy heavy beginning of 2020 things start going really good and you know i started getting invited to some pretty cool shows to perform at and and then covid came and everything yes. got shut yeah. down <laughs> so the, the whole covid you know i haven't done any stand-up and you know I, i'm in la so the the comedy clubs here haven't been open like they have been in another place you know I, I know a lot of comedians that moved to miami and you know other places around the country to to get back on stage but for me i needed to be in la for the cartoons um, I also didn't want to uproot and just move to Miami, just, yeah. you know, um, so, you know, I've, I've been writing a lot of comedy over the last nice. year and a half, two years, but I've haven't performed since the pandemic started, yeah. you know, a lot of the comedy clubs in Los Angeles were doing virtual shows and I tuned into one as an audience member just to kind of see how it was. And I was like, this isn't something that I want to do right now. It's different. It's yeah, very when you're different. in the room, when you're in the room at a comedy club or something like that, the vibe is what oh, gets yeah. you going. Oh yeah. You know? Same. Like that's exactly yeah. how I felt. So, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm just going to focus on writing great comedy. That's not pandemic related. That's going to stand the test of time. I'm going to focus on the cartoons and, you know, building relationships with these streaming services, putting shows together, you know, putting great projects together. And then, you know, something else came about and the coffee company started during the pandemic. And um, so I haven't had a ton of time to do stand up. I have a ton of material I'm sitting on right now. Yeah. But now that, you know, things are a lot, a lot of the comedy clubs are open back up at least a few days a week with social distancing in L.A. So I'm going to start I'm going to get back on stage Good. Uh, pretty soon, actually. Awesome. And then where do you come up with the ideas for the cartoons? Do you and your brothers just sit around brainstorming? Sometimes, but a lot of it is. Uh, so the original show that we were doing on YouTube and that we did with Comedy Central and that, you know, we're pitching right now and it's probably going to come back. It was called The Lounge. And it's about so I don't know if you're 
podcast. I, I listened to some on an Apple podcast, but I don't know if you do the video podcast, if you broadcast this anywhere, but behind me, if there's a poster yeah. that says the lounge, so this is the cartoon that we were doing for a long time. And a lot of that is based on people we know, based on our hometown. It's, it's a hodgepodge of, you know, all the, all the characters are combinations of people we know personally. Yeah. Um, and then we just kind of tweaked them and gave them like their own spin and, you know, made, made them like way more wild and over the top and ridiculous because sure. it is a cartoon. Um, but yeah, sometimes, uh, it's just brainstorming. Sometimes it is, you know, what are, what's, what's different? What's not out there right now? What, what do we feel like the market needs? What do we, what do, what do we like ourselves? Um, so honestly, like the show ideas, the show episodes, they, they come from everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. There's some times where, you know, one time we were having a writing session and my oldest brother, his name is Brandon. He's literally a writing genius. He also makes music. He's like talented, like out of this world. And he goes, someone throw out a random stupid word and I'll turn it into an episode. <laughs> and that happened. I can't, I don't, your podcast, I think is G rated. So I'm not going to say what was, what the word was that was said. Cause it's like borderline, but yeah. uh, turned into a whole episode that was like super, super funny. Nice. So sometimes it, anywhere that can just come there's really no method no rhyme or reason as far as like where ideas come from for us that's cool but to, to be able to find that chemistry within the family and stuff mm -hmm. you know a lot of times comedians will take years to try to find that person they connect with and they can just feed off of it sounds like yeah you guys yeah it's, that right it's, there. It's, it's not easy i mean like i i know a ton of writers out here and some of them you know you click with so, sometimes you just click with someone immediately sometimes even if you're a fan of someone's work you just there's no chemistry there um, but yeah, luckily I was born into this fraternity of me and my brothers and we're all like super similar, but we're super different at the same time. Yeah. But, but we consume a lot of the same media and our fans have a lot of the same, you know, TV shows, musicians, things like that. Um, so it, it's kind of easy, you know, we all have this similar style and sense of humor and we all bring a little bit different element to the table as far as the writing goes. So yeah, we're super blessed, lucky, um, and yeah, got to got to be born into, you know, this 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 friend group. We didn't have to go go search for it. Some people search years to to years. find what, you know, I got to be born with. So very That's thankful. Awesome. Very cool. Very, very cool. All right. Let's talk about coffee. I am a coffee fanatic. Like I said, I love coffee. I, mm -hmm. I know I'm addicted like crazy to caffeine. <laughs> love coffee. Um, but you had an issue with caffeine. Yeah, yeah. When I was so I'm 31 now. When I was 20 years old, I had a heart attack. And, you know, it was kind of a crazy story. I, um, it was one of those fluke things. It's not hereditary. It wasn't really caused by anything. So when I, when I was 20, I woke up one morning, my right arm was killing me. Didn't really think anything of it. Got up, walked it off, laid back down, came back. Chest pressure started a little bit. And, you know, I, I was never like super alarmed. I almost went to work that day. <laughs> um, wow. But, you know, there was just something telling me like, th this is a pain I've never experienced. It feels weird. It's kind of like alarming just because it's so different. So I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to go to the emergency room and get checked out just in case because this is, you know, a little, little off. I feel, I feel really off. Um, so they had to, they did all these tests, couldn't really see anything, but then they ended up sticking a catheter inside my leg and like looking inside my heart. And then they told me, yeah, you're having a heart attack right now. Um, so I, I have two aneurysms in my LED and for listeners who maybe don't know what an aneurysm is, cause I didn't know what it was until I had one. It's essentially whenever your artery wall weakens and your blood doesn't flow straight through your artery, like it should, it can tumble kind of in that larger dome region and kind of clot. So that's what happened. So I have two aneurysms in my LED. Uh, actually, after I had my first heart attack, I had another one 15 months later. And so the bottom half of my LAD, there's no blood flowing through there anymore. Typically that, that'll typically kill you. They literally call the LAD the widow maker. Um, but before I had my first heart attack, my heart developed uh, feeder arteries around that. So it just developed new arteries on its own to supply blood to that bottom left part of my heart. And now my heart has pretty much completely normal function, which is, I, I didn't even know that the human body was capable of doing that until exactly. you know, I was in that situation where it happened. Wow. So, and my, you know, me and my cardiologist, we've done every test in the book. Now, last summer we did like every test, every test that you can look at the strength and quality of someone's heart and blood flow. And we did 3d imaging, ultrasound, everything. Nice. And everything came back amazing. He's like, you're, 
so lucky. It's like almost a miracle that you even because whatever whatever damage is done to your heart when you have a heart attack, that's permanent. Your heart doesn't yeah. recover from that. Right. So whatever part is weakened, you just have to try to skate by with, you know, but the the damage that was done to my to my heart was so minimal it was almost impossible to find in an ultrasound whenever they're literally mm -hmm. looking at the image of my heart, you know, we're doing it live and um, whatever the, the technician was doing it and he finally found it. He, he said, Oh, there it is. But he said it in a way that was like, almost took me like the, I kind of took it the wrong way. I sounded kind of alarming. And I'm like, wait, what go, go back and explain. Cause that sounds kind of alarming. He's like, he's like, Oh no, my bad. I meant that in a good way. He's like, this is almost impossible to find. You probably had an ultrasound before where they didn't even find the, the damage and i'm like yeah actually i have he's like nah you're lucky this is damn near a miracle wow. <laughs> so yeah i'm super lucky um but even though my heart has completely normal function caffeine uh, gives me a little bit of chest pain so i pretty well steer clear of it um may maybe every now and again if i'm on a long long drive road trip i'll stop and get a cup but <laughs> never never coffee two days in a row never two two cups in a day so i started mm -hmm. making so yeah, I gave it up and I was kind of looking for a replacement without like actively looking. Yeah. And um, I kind of stumbled across date coffee by accident. I just happened to eat a lot of dates and throw away a lot of seeds. So I just Googled one day, like, what can I do with these? And it turns out you can turn them into coffee. So I started making it for myself at home. And I, I really like started the company because I got tired of making it. So mm. I was like, I, I just want to buy this in the store. I don't want to make this anymore. Wow. Um, couldn't really find it. So I kind of saw this opportunity for me to start this business and, you know, give not only give myself something that I love, but I know there's other people that are in either similar situations. Maybe they can't have caffeine. Maybe their doctor told them to cut back. Maybe mm -hmm. they just want to live a little healthier, um, you know, whatever it may be. So like the opportunity was just there and I did, I just jumped on it. And nice. as soon as like, I, I came up with the idea, actually almost a year ago, I came up with the idea Labor Day last year and I, I, like dove in and just started moving as fast as I could. I, I went from idea to website up. You can buy my product in three weeks. Wow. All right. Yeah. So you used to eat a lot of dates and you just had yeah. these seeds left over. Mm -hmm. What gave yeah, you was, the was, idea? To, what gave you the idea though, to grind them up and roast them and, and make coffee out of it? I, I was just looking for anything random to do with them because I was throwing so many away. Like I'll, you know, I pretty much always have dates in my house. I, I just, I love the way they taste and they're super yeah. good for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just Googled it. Like, what can I use leftover date seeds for? That was it. I was just looking for anything. Cause I just happened to be one of those people who tries to find uses for things yeah. I throw away, like, especially food products. Like I've looked at, you know, what, what can I do with leftover avocado pits? You know, what, yeah. whatever it may be. Um, you haven't made coffee out of them yet. Have you? No, nah, no, nah, they, they don't really okay. work for that. Otherwise, okay. <laughs> hey, I, I live in California. You, you could sell an avocado coffee out yes, here you if, <laughs> yes, you if, you, if you could make it work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a kind of a fluke thing. And it was something that, you know, I, I, I really just wanted to be able to, you know, provide something for people that I love myself and something that's good for you. And because I, you know, af after having a heart attack, when you have a heart attack when you're 20 years old, completely changes your perspective on everything. Absolutely. Um, prior to that, I never once in my life thought about, you know, mortality and what that timeline might look like. You know, you, you're 20 years old. You think, you know, oh, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to make it to 80. But you don't really think about it. It's just in the back of your mind, like, you know, 80, yeah. 90, whatever. You know, not, now my goal is like 100 plus. Nice. Um, but yeah. So whenever you're, you know, laying in a bed for almost a week, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know why you had a heart attack. You don't know what the long-term effects are going to be. You don't you're just clueless. Um, it gives you a lot of time to think, a lot of time to really, you know, just contemplate everything. You know, and and that it. I think for me, the the best thing that came out of it was, I really, you know, when I talk about that mindset shift, what really changed for me was how I view time, and like I kind of like tell people sometimes you you probably won't meet too many people under like 60 years old who have a more like a a, a deeper thought process and like thoughts about time than, than me because it's something I, I think about like I I only have you know I'm I'm, sh I'm shooting for a hundred plus years old right so and I'm shooting to you know live a hundred good years and take care of myself so it's like if I'm lucky I have you know 69 good years left. Yeah. 
which isn't a lot of time. If, if you think about like my life is basically one third over. So everything I've already done, you know, all this time I've spent, I only get to do that two more times. That's not very much time because the yeah. first 31 years flew by. Right. Wow. Um, so it really, I was, I was always like a motivated person anyway, and always, you know, someone who really wanted to achieve, you know, the things that I wanted to achieve and live the life I want to live. Um, but that just like, it, it made it real. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the, okay, now it's, you know, you, you, you think, you know, you have X amount of time, but, and, and you might, but at the same time, 20 seconds from now, I could faint mm. and wake up and a doctor's like, yeah, you have leukemia. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly, that's the reality yeah. we all live with, you know, you we, we know. all live with that reality. So it's, it, that, that's kind of how I think about everything, even, you know, not so much on a day-to-day basis, but, you know, just, just in general of like, okay, mm. what, what can I do to, you know, leave, leave my impact on the world before this is over? Cause who knows when it's going to be. Absolutely. Yeah. You just never know. So live, live every moment. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So you started grinding this, the seeds, roasting it yourself, I guess, in your oven and making coffee. <laughs> That's how I started. Yeah. Yeah. I started, I started this company in my kitchen. And um, I mean, it tastes like regular coffee or is it? It's, it's very close. So we have, so the brand is called Korma and it looks like this. So like these nice gold bags. Right. Yeah. And, and I say like, I jumped in super fast. I did like the original bag look like this like these janky like cardboard paper white bags i yep. bought these on amazon this was my first coffee bag i bought 50 of these and they went from there and every, every dollar i made i just put it back in it absolutely and um but yeah so our classic blend tastes like coffee so it, it's date seeds and it also has chicory root in it okay so it's roasted date seeds roasted chicory root chicory root is actually really popular in new orleans absolutely um, that's, yeah, the yeah chicory that's coffee, really popular yeah. they, they yeah. love putting in their coffee there and it like pairs so well with the date coffee because it gives it you know a little bit more boldness a little bit more bitterness it gives it gets it really close to a traditional coffee taste except nice. it's a, a little less bitter um and then we have our light roast, which is just date seeds only. And it's fairly sweet, but definitely not overbearing. Um, but, but good flavor, though. It's almost like the light roast is almost like a tea, like, like on the coffee and tea scale, I'd say. Like between coffee and tea, it's like 80% coffee, 30% tea is kind of okay. how it tastes to me anyway. Yeah. Um, we also have a toasted coconut that's doesn't really taste too much like coffee because there's no chicory root in it. It's just the sweet date seeds and the uh, coconut. Super good. It was my favorite flavor for a long time, but now I'm addicted to the classic blend. That's all I drink anymore. Wow. Except pumpkin spice came out today. Oh no. So, so I've been, I've been, <laughs> I've been drinking that one. I, I had early access and yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's a little bit of basic white girl in me. I love pumpkin spice coffee. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you want. Pumpkin spice scones. I love pumpkin spice season. There you go. All right. And so you started making this on your own. You realized it was hard to get hold of the materials mm-hmm. and stuff. And then how did you, uh, how did you go about finding a roaster to do this for you? That was, so it, it wasn't super hard to find the materials because I live in Southern California and the Southwest has a ton of date farms. And, and it was, it was hard in, in a sense that, so our coffee's made from, there, there's a ton of different date dates, right? There's like a hundred mm-hmm. kinds of dates. So we, we use Medjool's. And Medjool's, you have to pit those by hand. Okay. But wow. they make the very best coffee. Like I've tried a ton of different date seeds for coffee. The Medjool's, in my opinion, are the best. Um, so it was hard to find a farm who pitted enough Medjool dates to actually meet the demand of coffee. Hmm. Um, I reached out to every single person that I could and, you know, it, and, and it still didn't really do me too much good because everyone was like, well, we don't have them, but so-and-so might. And then they tell me the same thing. Well, we don't have them, but so-and-so might. And then th- that's kind of how I got led to, you know, the partners that I work with now was just contacting everyone else. I, I didn't reach out to them directly. I couldn't even find them because it's not as easy to find as you would think. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and you know, that just goes into that kind of that work of, you know, you're, you're not always going to find what you're looking for, but someone else can help you find it. And so that, that's how those all happened. Um, but I'm, I'm sorry, I drifted away. The, the, that's, <laughs> the question that's was fine. No, the, the materials and yeah, the thing that gets me is this, this, you know, comedian and cartoonist from Missouri mm-hmm. is now putting together a <laughs> supply chain yeah. for, for dates and, and making coffee. That's, yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah, it, it was just like the stars aligned, right? It was something that I wanted for myself and, you know, also a way for me to help other people in similar situations and and also, you know, help try to grow this company as big as I can and, and fund, you know, our, our TV shows. We have movie ideas that we're sitting on right now, um, fund, fund my comedy career. So it just, yeah. it, it's like everything just works together in, in my world right now. And that, that's due to a, a ton of work, a ton of energy put into it. And, and the just, focus on that goal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. And, and, it, and it's easy to, to, you know, stray away from that. You know, I've fallen victim to burnout for months at a time, like anyone else, you know, when you're trying to juggle, you know, a lot of different things, but also grow all those things at the same time. It's, you know, it's not like you're juggling things that are just stagnant. You know, you're trying to, you know, really push everything you're doing out there. And sometimes you just, you're like, damn, I need a vacation, but, <laughs> but I can't, I don't have time for a vacation right now. Maybe, maybe a weekend getaway, but not a vacation. Yeah. Very cool. So uh, where, where did you find the courage to step away? We, we talk about courage on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people find, you know, the comfort zone of that nine to five job, somebody else mm-hmm. making all the decisions and stuff. And other people say, no, there's more out there and I want more or I want different right? Mm-hmm. I want other options, other choices. Where did yeah. you find the courage to step out and do that? Uh, it, it was definitely the way I grew up. I was kind of forced into it. So, you know, it, it's a couple of things. Me, me and my brothers, you know, we grew up really poor. Um, our parents split whenever we were young. I think I was six whenever my parents split. Um, my whole entire life up in, well, my, my whole young life, my, my parents struggled with money and bills the whole time. And until I was like, almost out of high school. So, so my youth, you know, those really integral formative years, I watched bills pile up on the table, you know, this and that. And I, I I always, I'm not going to live my life like that. Like it's not going to happen, you know, whatever it takes, I don't care. I I grew up in an area where most people live not, not well. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's like people where I'm from that, you know, have money, money for real, but most of those people are farmers that have, you know, own, own their Mm -hmm. land and, this and that. So those people, you know, really got it. But, you know, most of the people that I was around, it was like, th- this is not the environment that I'm supposed to be in. Um, this isn't the life I'm supposed to live. I always told literally everyone I was going to be rich. Every- I remember being a tiny kid telling people I'm going to be rich when I grew up. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And I'm not rich yet, but I'm on the right path. And I'm, you know, I, I have, you know, my-, my ducks in a line to, to make everything happen. And, you know, things are, things are moving like really well for me. So I'm, you know, I'm grateful and I can't complain, but it, it-, it was, you know, growing up in poverty. And also, like I said, my parents split when I was six. So my two older brothers lived with my dad and me and my younger brothers lived with my mom. And my mom eventually did remarry, but my stepdad was a truck driver. So he was gone a lot. So I I was the man of the house always, you know, from like six and a half, seven years old on. Um, So, you know, I I was pushed into that. I was pushed into responsibility. Um, And then, you know, that combined with seeing, you know, seeing the way I'm seeing the way I'm not going to live just kind of, you know, formulated all that. Um, and just like really, you know, form, formed the way I think about how, you know, what, what I want to do, how I want to live my life. And also a big thing for me is, you know, I, I, I worked for people for a long time. Um, and I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I can't do it. I, I have to work for myself. And it's, I, I, don't, I don't mind working a lot because I work, I, I don't even want to know how many hours a week I work on average, <laughs> probably 80 to 100. Um, but, but it doesn't feel like work. It's things that I love doing most of the time. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things I don't like doing because that, you know, goes along with the, the territory. But, um, you know, I, I, I need to be able to, like if if I don't want to work today, I don't have to, you know, if, or, or if something comes up today and don't, there's never days where it's like, I don't, I don't have to work any day if I don't want to, right. but I work every day because I have to at the same time, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, if something comes up, I don't, I don't want to have to ask somebody to, to take off work. You know, it's for me, it's like, okay, I'm, I can, if something comes up right now, I can drop everything and go do whatever it is that comes up. I don't have nice. to, you know, check in with anyone. And I think for me, that's the biggest thing. I, I got to have the freedom to do what I want with yeah. my time. And, you know, even though it's like, I say I have the freedom, I really don't. Cause I'm like, 
kind of a slave to these businesses right now, but yeah. it's, it's okay because I can control whenever I'm doing it. I, I could take off the whole day and come, come back at eight o'clock tonight and work till midnight. If I'm, that's not really an option I have working for somebody else. Right. So I, I, I can yeah. still always hit, you know, 80 hours a week if, you know, I need to hit 80 hours a week between, you know, the things that I'm juggling, but it's nice to be able to, you know, it's, if, if I also to take care of your mental health, you know, sometimes right. employees or, you know, whoever needs a, a even a half day, yeah. you know, if, if it's one o'clock and, you know, you are just having the most downest day, or maybe you get bad news from something that's not work-related, something in your personal life or whatever, and you kind of need to recalibrate. Mm-hmm. I don't need to talk about that with anyone. I can, or, or as far as, I don't need to talk about like a, to my, to my boss or whoever about it. I can just, you know, be like, okay, I need, I need to step away from work. I need to, you know, refocus, sure. um, whatever it is. So it's, it's about controlling my time. And, you know, I, I totally understand why someone, you know, doesn't need that. And they want, you know, something a little simpler. I totally yeah. understand the employee life because there's some days where I just want to sell everything. <laughs> and, let somebody and, else make the away. decisions. Yeah. yeah let somebody yeah. else take it, all the it, stress. It, 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 yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of stress, but at the same yeah. time, like I love it. It's, it's, I, I love e- even the lows because, you know, everything that I'm in, especially entertainment is valleys and peaks yeah. and the highs are high and the lows are really low. So I totally get why someone wouldn't want to take the burden of it. It's, it's a, takes an emotional toll on you really, sure. really. Um, so I totally get why someone wouldn't want that, but you know, this is the life I signed up for this is the yeah. life I wanted. I wanted, I, I, I kind of thrive on chaos a little yep. bit. Um, so, and, and <laughs> no, that helps with the comedy. <laughs> it's, yeah, absolutely. No, it sounds like you've got it going though. So that's, that's cool. So what's, what's the goal? Uh, first let's go with Cormo. What's, what's the goal? Are you looking for somebody to maybe buy you out? Are you looking to build a, a coffee empire? What are you yeah, looking I'm to actually looking to build a coffee empire. Um, and you know, this is, I jumped into Corma knowing that this is a really long game that I'm trying to play with this one. This isn't something, you know, I had someone in my family tell me, you know, after I started out there, like I'd, I'd build it up a little bit. And as soon as I could get like 2 million bucks for it, I'd sell it. I'm like, <laughs> what? No, I live in Los Angeles. $2 million is no money here. No, it's <laughs> that's it's a fixer really upper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like really, even in my neighborhood, my neighborhood is like decent and they're making it nicer. They're putting like some work into it over here, but the average price of a home where I live is, you know, $850,000. Yeah. So th- that's like, that that's half of that already so yeah. and and then not only that but let, let's say even let's say i sold it for two million but let's say i get two million dollars after taxes right let's say i don't my, my biggest concern is i got to figure out what to do now i got to figure out what's next on on my plate of you know passion what can i pursue what what can i start what can i grow what can i chase and so i'm i would definitely never sell it before i at least knew what my next thing was um but yeah you know my my goal with this essentially is i want to have you know, a pretty, a recognizable brand name. So when, when I think of like milk alternatives, right. My mm-hmm. mind goes to silk, right. To silk brand. Cause they mm-hmm. were the first ones to really start pushing all the, the milk alternatives. So when you think of like coffee alternatives, I want people to think Korma that that's my goal with this. And then I want to nice. have, I want to have 10 cafes across the world. Nice. Um, really exclusive, nice cities. Um, and that, that's it. I don't, I don't need a, a korma on every corner like Starbucks. That's not the goal. I, I want it to be a place where you can have healthy, energizing coffee. And I've gotten really good at making healthy desserts during the pandemic because I've had more go. time on my hands. And because, uh, you know, I like to eat really healthy. I mean, I'm striving mm-hmm. for longevity. And so I, I, tr- I tried to cut out sugar almost completely. Um, I make all my desserts with either honey or like organic, like natural maple syrup, whatever, you know, works better for whatever it is. But yeah, I want a place where you can come have a traditional cafe experience, except, you know, have drinks and desserts. You know, you can have your scones, you can have your coffee cake, but you can have all that without having all the sugar, without having all the excess fat, without having all the preservatives. You know, I want it to be healthy, healthy, you know, you shouldn't really eat a scone for breakfast or you shouldn't eat coffee cake for breakfast because it's loaded up with artificial carbs, artificial yep. sugar. So it, it doesn't give you anything you need to get your day started. Right. So I want to be able to provide people with something that was like really good for them. And, you know, like if you come into a Korma cafe and you have a cup of coffee and you have, you know, a scone or a coffee cake or whatever, you're going to leave feeling great. Not like you just had a bunch of sugar. Right. Um, like me personally, I, 
I'm, I'm not going to front. I'm a sucker for Oreos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, if, if they make a new flavor of Oreo, I always buy it <laughs> just to check it out. Um, so they recently put out these apple cider donut ones, right? So mm. I bought a bag to check them out. Delicious. And the first day I had them, I probably had, I probably had eight Oreos. <laughs> and those ones in particular are packed with sugar. And I felt it the next day. Oh, yeah. So people don't realize you do yeah. feel it, you know? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I felt awful. Um, my, my stomach was feeling off the whole day and it kind of drained my energy. And so I, you know, I want to, I want people to be able to come in to the cafe. And if, if you want to eat in there till you're full, that'll be fine. Cause you're not going to feel it tomorrow. Cause you're not going to have all the sugar, you know, and all the whatever else that's, you know, just terrible for you, the fillers, the maltodextrin, all the stuff that you really don't need. Um, so that, that's the goal. I just, you know, want to be able to help people with, you know, if, if they're looking for something healthy, <clears throat> we got it. That, that's, you know, the goal with it. Very cool. Um, back to, to courage a little bit. Is there, did you have to find a, a type of courage to get past this? Like we talk about uh, intellectual courage, right? Mm-hmm. Setting aside your long held beliefs or, or knowledge that you have to make room for new knowledge. Cause there's always new stuff out there. Um, it seems to me that, that that's, that's something that you kind of fit into that category. You know, it's like, I don't know how this works. So I'm going to go and find out. I don't know where to do this or where to get this. I'm going to go find out. You don't just say, well, I don't know. And that's just the end of it. You're out there searching, right? <laughs> that's, that's not an option. So yeah. I'll, I'll say like, I, I mentioned earlier, like growing up in like a tougher kind of environment, because, you know, it was kind of impoverished a little bit, but that forces you to be really resourceful. Um, I, I feel like there's nothing I can't figure out. And if I can't figure it out, I can I can at least find the person who can figure it out. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a, that's a big thing, you know, that I always try to tell people is you don't, you don't have to know everything, but you have to, you, you have to build a network of people who do know everything, you know, find people that are smarter than you. And, you know, I, I, I think I kind of always had this courage. It, it didn't, I don't know if it was ever anything that like dawned on me because I, you know, like I said, I remember being, four or five, six, seven years old, telling people I'm going to be rich when I grow up. And I, and I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just knew I was gonna, mm-hmm. I, I always just had this, this pull within me to, to feel the need to make things happen. And, and you know, may, maybe I, I think the, the courage that really comes in for me was I, I had to find the courage to, to scale, right? Because mm-hmm. that takes courage to go whenever it's, it's easy to be comfortable with your business, right? But you know, then you're going to reach a point where you can, you can either scale or stay the same. And recently I've taken the steps to scale. So I'm working with, you know, some um, different marketing agencies. I'm putting money in different places for advertising. I am working with, you know, some, I'm I'm working, I'm, I'm spending money on people that are smarter than me to help me make my dream for Korma come true. And that that's what's scary. That I think that was the scariest part for me because you always have this, this what if in the back of your mind of what if this marketing campaign doesn't work? What if I waste my money on this? What if this is a waste of money? What if, you know, there, there's yeah. so many what ifs and so many factors and there's it, like there's factors you can't control. Um, so there, there's always a fear there. And I, I think that was my biggest thing, but yeah, that was, that was something I overcame recently. That's, you know, but yeah, the, the courage to, to at least jump in has kind of always been there with me. Like whenever I moved nice. to San Diego after college, I didn't even know a single person there. Yep. I didn't even know somebody that knew somebody else in San Diego. I just knew I wanted to live where the weather was nice. <laughs> yep. And, and, and I also needed to get away from what was familiar for me. Cause mm-hmm. like I, I went to a college that was less than an hour away from where I grew up. Yeah. Um, I needed, I needed to get away from that comfort. I, I needed to find comfort and discomfort. <clears throat> and, and, and I knew that I recognized that I was, I was 21 years old whenever I left. And I, I knew it was something that was just, I, I had to do it for me. I had to do it for my own personal growth. And that was, that, that was a big jump for me, but that, that's kind of always been in me. I've, I've never really been scared to try new things. I'm, I'm, I'm a risk taker. Um, but, but honestly, I know I say that, but at the same time, like I was scared to take that risk for a long time of scaling and growing. And then, you know, I kind of just got to a point where I was like, it's now or never. Yeah. So I had, I, I didn't really have a choice. I mean, I had a choice, but it was like, the, the time is now, 
So if, if you're, if you're not going to jump on it now, you're squandering opportunity. And that fear is also a big motivating factor for me too. Like I, the, the thought of squandering opportunity, the thought of squandering time terrifies me. Yeah. Um, so I, I try my best not to do it. Awesome. So that's, no, that's, that's, yeah, that's good. Very cool to scale. All right. So you've got how many different flavors of your coffee now? Right now we have four. Yeah. we got the nice. classic, the light roast, pumpkin spice and toasted coconut, but pumpkin spice, obviously that's, you know, not a seasonal thing. Yeah. yeah. So but right. once the pumpkin spice is going, we, we got something else up our sleeve for, for the holidays too. <laughs> Very cool. Good stuff. All right. So if people want to find Korma coffee, where can they go? Do you have a website? Yeah, you can go to kormacafe.com. So it's K-O-R-M-A cafe. Um, you can also find us on Amazon, but we do, um, you, you get free shipping on, on our own website. Nice. Um, so that's probably the better place to get it, save you a few dollars. We're also, we're kind of like scattered through random stores across the country. So I can't like cool. go list them all off because we're not in like the major players yet. Yeah. Um, you can't just like go get it at Target yet. But um, yeah, that's something that, you know, eventually but not today no that's but cool yeah, Cor- korma cafe korma perfect and if people do want to try to get the coffee in or maybe they know somebody who runs target they can put them in touch with you and try <laughs> yeah, to get tell that. them to go to cormacafe.com and fill out the contact <laughs> the contact form and get at me perfect that'll work all right and the lounge where can people see episodes of the lounge is that still available on youtube yeah yeah so it's funny because we we left up even all, all the old episodes on youtube even though they're not good anymore especially compared to you know what we're doing now e- even the stuff we did with comedy central is like killing the the lounge stuff on youtube but the jokes are funny okay. but the animation's bad the writing <laughs> is pretty bad it's slow but the jokes are funny because we make fun of like real people yeah. <laughs> and, and and we brought in current events to it so like bill cosby's in season one on youtube and he, he's a drug kingpin in the show. <laughs> but yeah, you can, you can search The Lounge Cartoon on YouTube. You can go to youtube.com slash The Lounge Cartoon. You can go to comedycentral.com and search The Lounge. It'll pop up there for you. Um, you can also find Riot Comedy on Instagram where we have um, a basketball show that we were making fun of the NBA players and all the nonsense that goes on in the NBA news cycle. Nice. So yeah, th- those are, yeah, search Comedy Central, The Lounge, Riot Comedy on Instagram. That's, that's where the good cartoons are. And Very if you just cool. want to see our learning curve and see like where we actually came from to, you know, like now we're making TV quality. So if you want to go see the junkie stuff, <laughs> we, we left it up for you so that you can see, you know, you know, how this actually kind of went and how yeah. you can see our growth, you know, as, as it's happening in real time. Very cool. Good stuff. All right. Trader, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. It's been good talking to you and I will have all of these links down in the show notes so everybody can reach out to you and stuff. And, uh, yeah. Listeners go out there and buy the coffee, get some coffee and try this stuff out. That is awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Harlan. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Listeners, hope you guys were taking notes. Um, definitely check out cormacafe.com and order some coffee and stay tuned because I'm sure there's more stuff coming out of this group, you and your brothers. That's awesome. All right. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with your family, friends, and colleagues and stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan saying so long for now. <laughs>